Um, this, this, this series that we are in is very special to my heart. The reason it's special to me is because I firmly believe that nothing can impact and affect your emotional, your physical, and your mental health like a relationship. This goes both ways, toxic and healthy. There is nothing that can affect your emotional health like a toxic relationship, and there's nothing that can affect your health like a kingdom relationship. Now, this is the perplexing matter to me when it comes to church people. <laughs> when it comes to Christians, this is the perplexing thing to me. Many want to be discovered, but few want to be developed. Where they do that at, though? God, where is it? I'm like, okay, many want to be discovered, but few want to be developed. Everybody wants to arrive, but few are willing to depart. We have been over preaching about the arrival season, but have been under preaching how to give you the tools on how to effectively depart. Everybody wants to arrive, but few are willing to depart. And there's this scripture there's this passage of scripture that I was reading during my devotion time that we're going to read together in just a second. Um, it just really served as a reminder on why I believe the Holy Spirit has us doing this series as we are swiftly approaching the ninth inning of the 2022 calendar year. There are three reasons why I believe God wants us to do this series. The first reason I've been stating it each and every week throughout this series, and that is God desires to redeem the original kingdom agenda. That's what he desires to redeem. If you look and study the Gospels, if you study the life of Jesus, you will see that one of his most repetitious statements was the kingdom of heaven is like. So the problem with many Christians is we know how to die, but we don't know how to live. Before Jesus ever died, he lived, and he lived to teach us how to be kingdom. So if we are going to be kingdom ambassadors, if we are going to be kingdom men and kingdom women, this means to live kingdom by default, you're going to have to unlearn culture. All right, it's going to get real in here today. If you want to be kingdom by default, this means that you're going to have to unlearn culture, which is why I showed us in the scriptures back in April. Notice what Jesus said in his first sermon. He kept on saying, you have heard it said, but I tell you. You have heard it said, tooth for a tooth, eye for an eye, but I tell you. You have heard it said, if a man commits adultery with a woman, but I tell you, if a man looks at a woman and has lust in his heart, he's already committed the act. You've heard it said, but I tell you, what was Jesus doing? Trying to get us to unlearn. Because the genesis of discipleship is to unlearn what you have learned. This is good, y'all. Like your spiritual growth is not just tied to your learning, but it's also tied to you unlearning. And I know it might be hard, but you got to get to a place in your walk with Christ where you choose your heart. Did y'all hear what I just said? 
I understand it might be hard, but you have to get to a place in your walk with Christ where you choose your heart. It's hard to detox from what was. Oh, but it's harder to be bound and addicted by what is. Choose your heart. It's going to be hard for you to let it go. That opportunity or the life that you thought that you would have by now. But it's harder for you to try to force something that was never God's will. Choose your heart. I know it's hard, sir, for you to end the relationship with her. You thought that she was going to be your wife. I know. Same for ladies. You thought that this was going to be your husband. And it's hard to let it go. Oh, but I promise you it's harder for you to force a fake smile because you're sleeping with a real devil. It's harder. Choose your heart. It's hard to resist clapping back in the comment section. I know. Come here, Moses. Come here. But it's harder for you to miss the promised land because you allow somebody to take you to a classroom that you already graduated from. Choose your heart. Can I get you to fist bump two people around you and say, choose your heart. <laughs> choose your heart. It's not going to be easy. It, it's it's going to be difficult. God wants to redeem the original kingdom agenda. Okay? So if God wants to redeem the original kingdom agenda, you're going to have to recognize I don't have to clap back to every comment that's not kingdom. Pastor, are you telling us to be a doormat? No, I'm not. I'm telling you to have oil awareness. Did y'all hear what I just said? I'm telling you to have oil awareness. Never reduce yourself to argue and entertain the oil deprived. Oil carriers don't hate on other oil carriers. People who have oil don't always criticize what you have to say. The reason some people criticize you so much is because the only taste of success they'll ever have is if they take a bite out of you. Talk Holy Spirit. I don't have to go to their level. And on this afternoon, I'm going to spend a lot of time before I get to the main content to try to get us to have hearts that are open to unlearn. Hearts that are open to unlearn. So some truth that you're going to hear on today. Not Jerry's opinion, not relational advice, but truth because we believe the word of God is truth, right? Some truth you're going to hear, especially for my sisters, is going to sting. And I don't want to hear no comments, what about the men? Listen to part two of this series. I was supposed to be here last Sunday. It's my turn now. <laughs> I don't want to hear what about the men go listen to where are the men go listen to when men worship I touch on the men we're going to deal with the men heavily next week when I got my whole army with me Ezekiel, Will, Isaac all of us coming together so I don't want to hear what about the men I need us to understand the reason that truth hurts so much is because truth is always uncomfortable to those who are comforted by lies Ben did you hear what I just said I need to say it one more time Truth is always uncomfortable for those who are comforted by lies. God wants us to be kingdom. The second reason we're doing this series is because God wants us to have healing on the inside. Like for real, y'all. Healing on the inside. Because many of us right now in the house, watching online, and who will listen to the podcast once this is uploaded and replayed, Many of us 
are making right people pay for what wrong people did. Right people pay for what wrong people did. And there's no judgment. You know why we do that? It's because our heart is confused. Because it's confusing to have somebody abuse your heart from the same vessel that told you they love you. That's confusing. Do you love me? If so, why do you keep hurting me? And anytime fear and untreated pain take residence in our hearts, it will cause you to do one of two things. A, have a PhD in overthinking. Or B, you will view your first option as your only option. So good, y'all. Hurt, fearful, it will cause A, overthinking, you got a PhD in that. And then secondly, it will cause your first option to be viewed as your only option. He, when you're broken, it causes for you to live in a basement. This is how we settle. We date people we see in the basement. I'm trying to give you spiritual intelligence, and by the power of the gospel and the Holy Spirit, I'm trying to show you their stairs. God wants to take you higher. God wants to take you to another realm. Your first option is not your only option. You got choices once you heal. God wants us to heal. I understand it now. This is why hell traffics in pain so much. Because it vandalizes your ability to love. And love is the identification card for the Christian. You want to know if they're a Christ follower? How well do they love? Not how well can they preach, where you serve, you help with food. All of that is just service. Devils can do that. But the identification card, whoo, the identification card that you are a true Christ follower is, can I tell that you love people? And when I'm hurt, I cannot love people because I fear that they'll do me like somebody else did. And the heart will feed on fear when you don't intentionally feed it faith. Talk Holy Spirit. The third reason, the scripture that I want us to read. Why God wants us to do this series? He wants us to mature. Somebody say maturity. I want you to see this text. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. We have it projected on the screen for you and on the Lord thirds for everybody watching. Hebrews chapter 5, listen to this. It says, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it is difficult to explain, especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You have been believers so long that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, someone has to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You are like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. This is the Bible, y'all. <laughs> For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and does not know how to do what's right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize between right and wrong. So God is saying, listen, you've been claiming you've been a Christian and have hashtag kingdom man in your profile and hashtag Proverbs 31 in your profile. You should be teaching people, but we still got to deal with milk subjects. 
You should be growing by now. God desires for us to mature. Milk is supposed to be a season, not a state. It's supposed to be just a season. You're not supposed to be drinking breast milk at 16. You're not supposed to be drinking breast milk at 46. This is for when you're six months. Now watch this curveball. If God wants us to mature, then what do you think the warfare strategy of hell is? To keep you immature. If God wants you to mature, then hell wants you to stay carnal. I want you to mature. But hell tries to keep you immature. Keep you immature. It is the assault attempt on the believer to keep you in the same grade and have the same teacher. Because to see the same and not to see progression brings forth frustration. And frustration produces doubt. And so now you're doubting the Bible, God, and your faith because you're dealing with the same classroom. Hell desires to keep us immature. It is the assault of stagnation for your becoming process. Hell desires to keep you immature. It is the attack to keep you stuck. Talk Holy Ghost. Stuck with the same battles. Stuck with the same attitude. Stuck with the same lust. and Stuck with the same pride. It is the ambush to make sure that who you were last year and who you are currently are identical twins. It's getting tight in here. I'm sweating for y'all. I want you to mature. Hell gets nervous when you mature. I want to I keep you. I want to keep you in the same place, keep you stuck. Now, the word of God is referred to as a sword. It is the only offensive weapon that you have. The sword of the spirit. Hell wants to keep you, but the sword is meant to cut. The sword wants to cut the umbilical cord of carnality so that God can take you to another level. Unless the umbilical cord gets cut, I can't take the baby. I want to keep you. Keep you petty. Keep you overly sensitive. Keep you attracted to counterfeits. Keep you getting high. I want to keep you. That's the method of hell. I want to keep you the same. Keep you distracted. I want to keep you around people that you label as friends, but they're really maturity limiters. Talk Holy Ghost. <clears throat> you call them friends, <clears throat> but they're really maturity limiters. This is how you could always tell when God sends you somebody versus when hell sends you somebody. Because when God sends you someone, they help you mature. But when hell sends you somebody, they keep you immature. Can I go a little deeper? I want you all to see this picture. This is a picture of my son when he was just a baby. Okay. I'm holding my son up, he's a little baby, and I'm lifting him up, cute, right? I'm holding him up, now look at this. The reason my hands are positioned the way they are is because he was struggling with holding his neck up on his own. Because he had muscles there that were still immature. So his father had to hold them. His father had to hold them because there are muscles there that need development. There are muscles there that he should be able to use years down the line, but right now they're immature. Now I want you to see this other picture of my son, okay? The difference between these two pictures is five years. 
I want you to notice now he can hold up his own head and he could also hold up his own arm. There was a time where there were muscles there, but they were operational because they were immature. But five years later, the muscles have grown to such a degree where he could use them on his own. Because maturity provides you with strength. <sighs> so here it is. If you take a picture of who you were in 2017 and who you are in 2022, can you see that there are muscles that I could not use in 2017 that now are operational in 2022? Now, this is going to be encouraging for some because for some of us, you're too hard on you. You're too hard on yourself. I don't want to let God down. You can't. You never were holding him up. Some of us, you're so hard on yourself that if you were to stop for a second, do you still curse people out the same way you did in 2017, now that it's 2022? If it's the same, that's convicting for you. If it's not, it should be encouraging to you. Do you still have the same lust and watching porn the same way you did five years ago, now as in 2022? If you can, then it should be encouraging for you that I'm not there anymore. If you're still there, it should be convicting for you because it shows you you are not maturing you're not maturing the reason we're attracted to counterfeits is because we haven't matured and you can't differentiate between attraction and attracted I can see a woman who is attractive but I'm not attracted because I'm married when I'm immature I'm attracted to everything that's attractive this is so good y'all this is so good. Hell gets nervous when you mature. So I preach so passionately because I understand one of the desires of God is to help you mature. I know that was a lot. But the purpose of me giving you those three points for this series is because one of the reasons woman was created was to help man mature. See how that twisted? Okay. I, I saw the comments. Uh-uh. Isaac telling us to be a builder bear. He's supposed to already have that. He's supposed to already have that. What you mean? See, uh, this is the type of preaching I'm talking about. And I'm like, okay, did you not know that this is the method? God gives you somebody you can help. Hell sends you someone who seems they have it together. The men who seem to love Jesus, the men who seem to pray, the men who seem to have six figures in the bank or seven, the men who seem to have all the nice stuff, those are the counterfeits. But the ones who are limited without help, y'all don't want to talk to me. So I'm going to spend the rest of our time trying to give us Bible. Somebody say Bible. I'm not giving you my opinion. I'm going to show you scripture after scripture and text after text. I'm getting ahead of myself. So there's two things that are going to happen. Number one, when you hear this content, it's going to be hard for you to receive because you need to unlearn. Or number two, it's hard for you to receive because you're not a rib. Okay? It's going to be hard for you to digest this because, number one, maybe I have been influenced by something that's not kingdom. 
and I'm going to do my best for the rest of this series to try to help us to learn kingdom, or you're not a rib. Now, look, that's not a bad thing. Just don't try to condemn other women who are. It's that simple. Father, thank you for this moment. Thank you for this word. Thank you for this opportunity. I pray, God, that we will have hearts that are open to receive sound doctrine. Everything that sounds good doesn't mean it is sound or good. Allow us to search via your word. You are speaking for yourself. And let us be people who consider our perspective and how it clashes with your commands. And the areas in our life where we need to experience a metamorphosis, give us the humility, give us the passion and the trust to change where we can stop blaming you for hell that we're experiencing because we're living life our way versus yours. All the study means nothing if you aren't magnified, if you aren't glorified. Anoint me as your oracle, the PA system, the soundtrack of heaven. We are saying it is so in Jesus' Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees with that prayer will just shout in the room, amen. amen. It's about to get real in here. Y'all ready? Before we do, let, let's, let's say this confession. Can I get all of us to say this? Father, Father increase, my increase my spiritual maturity. Grow me. Grow me. Mold, me. Mold me. I want to graduate. One more time. Father, Father increase my spiritual maturity. Grow me, mold me, I want to graduate. Put your hands together if you're ready for the word on this afternoon. There are two foundational texts that we're going to exegete for the remainder of the time that we have together. I want to speak from this thought, from this subject, for part four of our Cuffing Season series. Wife is the title. Helper is the function. Wife is the title. Helper is the function. You know what the modern day golden calf is for a lot of sisters? Carl, Carl, put this image on the screen. This is the modern day golden calf for many of my sisters. I don't feel significant unless I have it. Something is wrong with me until I get it. There must be issues with me if I don't have it. And I'm trying to help all of the singles to recognize that this does not cure loneliness. This is not always a blessing. Some of us are jealous over people who got this, but they really settled. And they did it publicly. They had spent thousands of dollars to settle. They spent thousands of dollars on islands to settle. And you are questioning yourself because you don't have the golden calf of settling. Wife is just the title. Helper is the function. So we always look to Adam and Eve when it comes to relationships. Why? Because it is God's original design. It is his original blueprint for us to see what marriage is supposed to look like. And it also shows us how singleness is supposed to look like for the man. So we go to the original kingdom design so that we can learn and abstract wisdom. 
The prophet Hosea told us, my people perish for a lack of knowledge. There's some knowledge that we don't have, and there is nothing worse than an ignorant Christian. Because you make ignorant decisions in the name of Christ. So when people who aren't Christians look at you, they say things like, I like your Jesus, but I don't like your Christ. I like your Jesus, but I don't like your Christians. Because your Christians look nothing like your Jesus. And so ignorance causes for us to make choices that contradict what we proclaim to be. Okay? So this is why we're going here so we can see God's original design. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, it says, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make. I will make. Can I get all of my sisters to say, God make me? Put a mental bookmark there. We're going to visit that again in a second. God said, I will make a helper, watch this, who is just right for him. So sisters, we get hurt when we're trying to help who we're not right for. Because just because you can help doesn't mean you know which one you're right to help. Right? So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for each one. What is God showing us? He's showing us the kingdom design is when this man is unmarried, he has to first know his assignment. Why is this important? Because if a man does not know his assignment, he won't know what helper is right. Pay attention. If I don't know what I'm assigned to do, I can't pick a rib that will help me do what I've been born to do. So in my singleness, I need to know my assignment. It's not common, but we're looking to see God's original design. Okay? He gave names to all the livestock. Now remember, there is no such thing as time yet here. There's no such thing as death. So all the animals, you can say the man that took a long time. Time didn't exist yet. Time happened when there was the fall of man. Okay? He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals, but still there was no helper just right for him. This dismisses bestiality. Adam was like, a donkey won't do it. Okay, you an orangutan, you definitely won't do it. You a toucan, you won't do it. You a rooster, you won't do it. I'm naming all of you, but none of y'all are right for me. None of y'all are right for me. I see horses, y'all fast, but y'all not right for me. I'm still lacking help. Not wife, help. I'm lacking help. And we learned in our ministry, we also see right here, what is one of the kingdom roles of men? To give out identity. 
This is why it's critical for fathers to be in the home because they are instrumental with handing out identity. So when we aren't there, by default, we position the home to engage in identity theft. I feel significant by wearing another man's name. I feel significant wearing Jordans. I feel significant wearing other names because I don't know mine. That gives me significance. But we see the kingdom design. God showed us Adam is handing out identity. Now watch this. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man was asleep, the Lord took out of the man ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. This is critical. Brothers, please hear me. Every woman is not a rib. Choosing a woman, ooh, choosing a woman who is not a rib, no wonder you're struggling to breathe with her. Because every, somebody says, shots fired. <laughs> Just because she's a woman does not mean she's a rib. Okay? Now look at this. Look at this. After he brought the rib, which he formed to woman, to man, look what Adam says. At last. At last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. So he's saying, I couldn't find help with the monkeys. I couldn't find help with the fish. I couldn't find help with the birds. But this one is just right to help. Now, from the text, it's showing us the original design for the woman is twofold first thing is to be the good it's not good for him to be alone I will make the good so the woman is the good this is the part that some of us gonna have an issue with but I need us to get this the second reason that she was made was to be a helper so all wives in the house and watching online and all future wives if you are saying I want a husband, you're saying, God, send me somebody who needs some help. <laughs> See? See? It's countercultural. Culture doesn't teach that. Get a high value man. Counterfeits come in that form. Scripture, if you are saying, I am called to be a wife and a rib, the Bible is saying, you are saying, send you someone that needs help. Now, if this is hard for you, this means you need to unlearn 90s R&B. You need to unlearn what mama told you, unlearn what society told you, because that method has you picking fools. I need you to look at the text. Is showing us, okay, let me show us this chart to make it a little deeper, okay? I want us to see this chart, okay? Because this is the part that requires unlearning, all right? I was speaking about this in our Destiny Decisions series. Look at this. The reason it's hard for us to digest this is because you have influences, you have decisions, patterns, and systems, okay? The reason it's hard for many women to digest this and leave comments like, are you asking us to have a Build-A-Bear? Is because you have toxic influences, 
So many of us are praying for God to free us from the system, but we're sleeping with the influence. God, help me. I am struggling with this system. Then why are you dating the influence? I have a system of substance abuse. I have a system of alcohol dependency. I got to give me some Hennessy when I'm going through. And I'm like, okay, if you look at the influence, you'll see that the real issue is you keep on trying to escape realities. You're not addicted to a drug. You're addicted to an escape. And so when life gets hard, bro, what do you do? You smoke weed because you want to escape. When it gets hard, what do you do? You drink some Hennessy or whatever you sip on because you want an escape. You're not just addicted to the drug. You're addicted to running. See? It's the system. I don't know why I'm so doubtful. What influenced it? Parents who are inconsistent? Parents who kept on telling they would do stuff and they didn't do it? So what did that do? That caused you to doubt everything somebody says, and that has bled over into your decisions, which has constructed patterns, and now you have a system of doubt. And if you could heal from childhood trauma, the influence, you will stop being a doubtful person. Are y'all seeing this? I'm showing us this because it's hard for you to dissect the word of God and receive it when doctrine isn't your influence. I'm showing you Bible so that that could be your influence, so that it could permeate over into your decisions, where it could formulate kingdom patterns, where you have a kingdom system. So you're only attracted to those that complement kingdom systems. Does this make sense? In fact, the lack of kingdom living in our life is the catalyst on why I keep getting deceived by theirs. Because I'm not kingdom in any area of my life, so I can't discern what is kingdom because I don't have any kingdom influence. Now remember, if it's hard for you to receive this, A, you have to unlearn the influence, or B, you're not a rib. And that's okay. Just don't condemn those who are. The second part that we breeze over, I want us to go back to that bookmark. I got to do some teaching this afternoon. I will make the helper. I will make, not your degrees, not what your mama said. I will make. And then I was like, okay, God, how do you make? And then I felt like he was talking back to me. How do you cook? <laughs> how do you make? How do you cook? You need seasoning and fire. Somebody missed it. How do you make? They need seasoning and fire. Seasoning of character and season of virtue and season of honesty and season of integrity. And then you have to have a fiery furnace so that everything I seasoned you with can now marinate in who you are. I will make, I will make. Are there any like cookers in the room? Like anybody you can cook? All right, let me rephrase this. Um, <laughs> I'm not talking about hamburger helper. <laughs> I'm talking about like in a few weeks when Thanksgiving comes, people are going to ask you to bring a plate. They're going to ask you to bring a plate or have it at your house. Others of us, they tell you, get some ice. That's <laughs> you know, Bring the ice, you bring the pepper place. What you got? <laughs> Go to Walmart, get you on a Patty LaBelle sweet potato pies. <laughs> Don't you cook nothing, bruh. <laughs> Just bring some plates. That's all we need. <laughs> 
We're going to go see a movie after dinner. You can pay for the tickets. <laughs> can cook. All right. So all of those who can cook, you know that the most important parts of cooking is following the recipe, your seasoning, and fire. So my wife was cooking one day, right? It's the beginning of our marriage, house smelling all good. She was making like some type of smothered chicken that on the inside it had like cream spinach, just good, you know? Yeah, she'll make your game way quick. <laughs> she was cooking something, it was just taking a while for her to cook and she was seasoning everything and I'm smelling the food. It just seemed like it was taking a long time. So ever so often, I would come down and I will kind of open the oven and look. Anybody do that? Anybody? Ooh, I feel judged. <laughs> I would open the oven and look. Don't be like me. Don't open doors prematurely and prolong. Don't open doors prematurely and prolong what's being made. Okay? So she's doing this chicken, and then, like, after some, like an hour, I heard beep, beep, my like, bet. Chicken's ready. So she, you know, gets her knife or whatever, and I grab a plate. But she was doing something real weird to me. She was not cutting my slice. She was cutting like the middle. And then, then she put it back in the fire and said, hold on, wait. <laughs> you made a mistake. You, you didn't cut my piece. And she's putting it back in. I said, Tanisha, you, you didn't cut my piece. She said, come here, boy. <laughs> she cuts it where I can see in the middle. And she says, it's still raw in the middle. The sword of the spirit cuts as sometimes God cuts us with word to show us you still entitled in the middle you're still arrogant in the middle you still only seek me in crisis in the middle you still have a poverty stricken mindset in the middle I'm not judging you I'm just putting you back in fire this is so good y'all I'm putting you back in a fiery place. This is why when you run from heat, you prolong being made. Because God will allow us to experience a hot place. Ooh, they're irritating you at work, aren't they? Ooh, they're irritating you in the community. He will allow you to be in a hot place because he knows the only way you can ever experience the fourth man in the fire is you have to be in the fire. cut you to show you you're still raw in the middle. You're still raw in the middle. And any good cook knows I'm not going to serve you what's raw. Because then I would be a bad cook and I would get you sick. Y'all ready for this next part? Some of us would make another man sick. See how they were just clapping his flowers? You would make him sick because you're still raw. Still raw. It's not a bad thing. You just have to be made. If this is hard for you to hear, either you have to unlearn some influences or you are not what? A real. I, I will make her. I will make a helper. I'm like, what has happened to where we feel as though only men could teach in the area of relationships? What's going on to where, I mean, even online, women prefer to hear a man. 
But if you read Proverbs 31, it was a king listening to his mama. Really, I believe this firmly. The problem with Proverbs 31 is more women are reading it than men. When it was a mother speaking to a king. Now, you have to understand this. When I say help, I mean you cause for there to be double. You cause for there to be double. I need help. What I have is two eyes. When you come along, you give me a total of four. You can see stuff I can't see. The wife brings double. I have two hands. When she comes, now we have a total of four hands because I'm limited without you. A helper brings double. Adam wasn't broken. He wasn't toxic. He wasn't lost. He didn't have a negative mama. He didn't have a toxic daddy. He wasn't fatherless. He just didn't have help. Sisters have to understand this because if you don't understand your value, you'll confuse your contribution as confirmation. See? Oh, I help him. You'll view that as your confirmation. But if you helping and nothing's doubling. God, this is so good, y'all. If you helping and nothing is multiplying, you're not helping, you're incubating. You're not helping. This is the one that's not right. Because my help doesn't cause multiplication. The equation of your help should bring a mathematical multiplication in this brother's life. It's not that he didn't know how to do math. It's that he couldn't multiply without your help. Adam could not be fruitful and multiply without Eve. Is this making sense? What happened to where we feel as though a woman can't help a man discover what you look for? In Proverbs 31, I'm looking at this, verse 1 This is the New International Version. It says, the sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance his mother taught him. She says, listen, my son. Listen, son of my womb. Listen. Look at at Linda. Listen. Listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. Do not spend your strength on women. You know, your vigor on those who ruin kings. Listen to this to the Message Bible. It says, the words of King Lemuel, the strong advice his mother gave him. Oh, son of mine, what can you be thinking of? Child whom I bore, the son I dedicated to God, don't dilute your strength on fortune-hunting women. The promiscuous women who shipwreck leaders. She's saying, listen, bro, every woman is not a rib. Don't look for those women that ruin kings. There are a caliber of women who prey on kings to ruin them. Don't. Don't look, this woman, she's promiscuous. You know what a promiscuous woman means for you, brother? That she will shipwreck your life. So have the wisdom. If she's ready to put out, this means she's going to shipwreck your life, sir. All she can give you is orgasms, not help. And this is a woman, y'all. Bible. She said, don't waste your strength on those type of women. You, you need a woman of virtue. You need a woman of character. 
You need a woman of honesty. And then she goes on to say in Proverbs 31, verse 11, it says, her husband can trust her and she will greatly enrich his life. It's almost as if the text is suggesting there is a level of wealth a man gets on the inside when he can trust his woman. You could be a millionaire, but if I can't trust her, I feel broke. You look for the one you could trust, okay? I want us to understand this. All sisters, the vulnerabilities of a man is the most intimate part of him. For us, that's intimacy. A man can give you his time, he can give you his body, he can give you his money, and you still not know his real struggle. Y'all been sleeping together for four or five years, and you don't know this man's fears, you don't know his inadequacies, you don't know what he's scared of, because he doesn't trust you. He sleeps with you. Husband can trust. What is trust? I need us to get this. Trust arrives when actions and words color coordinate. Trust. Trust is the follow-through and follow-up on actions and character that were first spoken but now experienced. I don't want to hear none about where are the men. I just talked about us in part two. Ladies, it's your turn. Trust. Trust is when I share my vulnerabilities with you and you don't use them as ammo. That's trust. Can I show you my Clark Kent, but you don't disqualify me from being Superman? Do you really want the vulnerabilities of a man or just the idea of it? And before you say, I do, what if it's ugly? What if it's dark? What if it's scary? What if it's, like Isaac says, still in kid form? Do you want that part? Because true ribs help. If this is hard for you to digest, you either need to unlearn your influence or you're not a rib. There is no kingdom man, I could challenge it, there is no kingdom man that could stand up anywhere and say, I am the man I am free from the help of my wife. None of them. Every married man, because it's these single women who say, you don't need all that. Ask a married woman who is married to a kingdom man. He needs help. And the man that says he doesn't need help, you can't help. He needs help. So I need my generation to understand, if you're saying this is what I want, you're recognizing that he's not sorry, he's not broke and disgusted. It means that he needs to have help, and my help brings forth double. Brings double. Culture has it looking for it backwards. He needs to have this. He needs to have that. What if, what if when you arrive, y'all working together causes that? I'm honest enough to admit the man that you see right now is not the same 2012 version that Tanisha got. I love Jesus. I served in the church. I was a student pastor. I rapped some time. I would vacuum the church, clean the sanctuary, change the ceiling tiles. That's what I did. She was the breadwinner. She was a middle uh, elementary teacher working at major elementary, and this is what I did. I taught the Bible. I rapped and made about $500 a show. I had like four shows a month. I was up here at the church cleaning all the time, and all the way while we were dating, she saw me as a king. Saw me as a king. There, there's these two women 
in Scripture that get overlooked. We always talk about Esther. We talk about Ruth. We talk about Jezebel. We talk about Abigail. I'm like, why is nobody talking about Shifra and Pua? Some people, you're like, who is Shifra? Who? <laughs> I'm glad you asked. I, w- I want to show you this. Uh, Exodus chapter 1, verse 15. It says, the king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, whose name were Shifra and Pua, when you are helping the Hebrew women during childbearing on the delivery stool, if you see that the baby is a boy, kill him. But if it's a girl, let her live. The midwives, however, feared God and did not do what the king of Israel, get it so you understand it, did not do what culture told them. They let the boys live. Then culture, I mean the king of Egypt, summoned the midwives and asked, why have you done this? Why have you let the boys live? The midwives answered Pharaoh, Hebrew women aren't like Egyptian women. They're vigorous and give birth before the midwives arrive. So God was kind to the midwives and the people increased and became even more numerous. Watch this. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families of their own. I'm seeing a connection between fearing God and receiving your own family. Are y'all seeing that? Now, he says, when you see those, those Hebrew, Hebrew women, now understand, Hebrews are God's chosen people. So what he's really saying is when God's chosen, when daughters of the king are trying to give birth to something and it's a seed, kill it. Don't miss this, please. I want us to hear the method of hell. Sisters, listen to me. Listen to the method of hell. If it could become a man, kill it. If he could become a protector, kill it. If it could become a warrior, kill it. If he could become a father, kill it. If he could become a husband, kill it. If he could become a world changer, kill it. Kill it while it's in boy form. Somebody say kill it. <laughs> kill it. While it's in boy form. Kill it. Pharaoh, the enemy says, use this knife as a weapon. But women who feared the Lord use this tool for transition. Say it again. Pharaoh is saying, use the knife to cut their life down. But women who fear the Lord use this as a tool to cause for them to transition. So sisters, the knife of your, the the, the tongue that is your knife, the knife of your mouth, the, the knife of your words, the knife of what you say, does it cut him down or cut umbilical cords? What do, you, what do you use it for? See, because midwives do the dirty work. They're there when it gets messy. This is so good, y'all. They're instrumental in making sure that the person they're helping transitions. Transitions from carrying to holding. 
Without me, all you could do is carry it. Men carry vision, but the wife can help him hold the vision. This is so good, y'all. All of this was inside of me. Before I said I do, I was carrying it, but my wife helped me hold it. See how those, those claps are getting soft? It's okay. Look, look, if this is hard for you, you, you need to unlearn what has influenced you or you're not a rib. Two options. They, they, they do the dirty work. I'm not going to cut you down with my mouth. I'm going to cut umbilical cords that will keep you in wombs. Due to me cutting. This is why, brothers, we have to be able to receive the help. And sometimes what she says cuts. But it's not cutting you down. It's cutting an umbilical cord that keeps you in a womb that limits your potential of growth. This is so good, y'all. So they, they recognized that we're the ones that remove the afterbirth. The residue. We're the ones that clean. We're the ones that help. So what do helpers do? I got six points. I'm glad y'all asked. <laughs> what do helpers do? Number one, I told us already, helpers produce double. That's what helpers do. They produce double. Do to me, Adam. Now we can have more Adams. You couldn't have that with the monkey. Now, I want you to catch this. Notice that God said he needed help and didn't send him a brother. Notice it. There, there's a level of help a man can't give you, bruh. Can't give you. The help you need, only a woman could give you. God ordained it that when a woman walks in the room, help walked in the room. I know you need help. An animal can't fix it. More money can't fix it. A woman can fix this. Helpers produce double. Number two, what do helpers do? They don't listen to Pharaoh. They don't listen to culture. Loving hip-hop is not your teacher. We're allowing perverted minds to be our love professors and wonder why we keep dating devils. How are you going to allow the demonic to teach you how to handle a kingdom affair? Marriage is a kingdom affair. God made it. If your iPhone breaks, you're not going to Microsoft, you're going to Apple. So why when your heart breaks, you keep going to weed and sex? It's not going to fix it. Who made your heart? The king of glory did. Take it to him. They don't, they don't listen to Pharaoh. I'm seeing from this text, it shows us sometimes your blessing is directly tied to who you don't listen to. Pharaoh said, cut them off. They didn't do it, and God gave them their own family. Can I help us? Your blessing is tied to you not treating them like they treated you. You want to limit your blessing? Start cutting people. Someone's like, Pastor, I need help. I'll jank somebody in a minute. <laughs> Male or female, bad, 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 bad. <laughs> Don't listen to culture. Number three, helpers 
are trustworthy with vulnerabilities. These women giving birth were in their most vulnerable. They hollering, they pushing, they don't care who's in the room. They just trying to get the baby out. Any mothers in the house can testify to that. You just trying to get the baby out. She's vulnerable and they could have killed her, the baby, while you're vulnerable. But women who fear the Lord can see a vulnerability and protect it. That they're trustworthy with vulnerabilities. Vulnerability is my most fragile, nude part of me. Listen to me. When a man shows you his vulnerable self, it's so that you could dress it, not keep it naked. How do you dress it? With a compliment? Reminding him who he is? Dress the vulnerability. It happens to me all the time. Tanisha, I wonder if this is going to be a good sermon. Jerry, you called to do this. You're a king amongst men. You're going to preach fire tomorrow. I can't wait for you to do it. Y'all don't see me on Saturday studying him and petitioning to God and begging for him to use me and telling my wife, I hope this is good. She says, Jerry, this is what you've been called to do. I show my vulnerable self for you to dress it, not for you to keep it naked. The trustworthy with vulnerabilities. Number four, helpers obey God even when consequence is possible. They could have been killed for not listening to the king, but they listened to another king. Y'all missed it. They could have been killed by not listening to the king, but they listened to another king. They defied the orders of culture, and they received their own blessing. You obey God even when consequence is possible. If you tell the person that you're with you're not having sex anymore, to marriage, and they break up, it is better for you to obey God even when consequence is possible. They might leave you. It's better to obey God. They might let you go. It is better to obey God. Many of us are prolonging what God is trying to sin because we keep on justifying what we have. Number five, the universal love language for men is respect. Universal. Now, here's the thing, though. This is powerful. You can't say, well, look, you lost me. He has to get respect, give respect to get it. Aren't you being disrespectful to yourself by being with somebody who's not respectful? You got to give, okay, you choosing someone who's disrespectful is self-disrespect. The universal love language for men is respect. Don't tell me you love them. I want to know what do you respect about them? Because when we read the text, it says, wives, respect your husbands. A woman could say she loves a man that's abusing her. And if you ask her, do you respect them? She'll say no. Respect is actually greater. Now, here's something that you probably never thought of. Men run off respect. Women run off of love. Is this a pain of Bible? Bible. Husbands, love your wife like Christ loved the church. He's saying she runs the best when you love her. How do you love? Study the word. Study Jesus. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love doesn't keep a record. Love. And then it says in Ephesians 5 verse 33, wives, respect your husbands. He's giving you the sauce. 
Women, your tank is love. Men, their tank is respect. Now, for brothers, it's going to be hard for her to respect you when you don't follow Jesus, bro. Hard. The part that takes maturity is you don't just respect his person. You respect his position. Wives, respect your husbands as unto the Lord. So I'm respecting him because this is the position that God gave him as my head. This is why for the single people, I try so hard to get us to understand, be careful who you allow to be your head because you're supposed to respect it. For married people, your marriage is so hard because you're not filling her tank of love and you're not filling his tank of respect. So we got marital problems. I have to unlearn my influences so that I could serve the way that I'm supposed to serve. And this is so ironic to me. Most men view love by not trying to add problems to somebody. But women view love by taking problems away. I helped you. I was there when you had nothing. They view love by what they take away. And I'm trying to get you to see in the text. Love for her is loving her like Christ loves his bride. Treat her like that, bro. She'll respect you all day. And for him, his universal love language is respect. Last point. Helpers foster a peaceful atmosphere. Helpers foster a peaceful atmosphere. A lot of men don't want to even go home. I'd rather work, hoop, go with my friends because my house is not peaceful. Look at this. Like I said, all of this message, none of it is Jerry's opinion. All of his doctrine. Proverbs 21, 9. It is better to live alone in the corner of an attic than with a quarrelsome wife in a lovely home. You can live in River Oaks. You can live in Northgate. House fly. It is better for you to be in the attic. Remember when we had that heat wave in Houston? It was like 108 degrees. It's better for you to be up there sweating your behind off than down there in AC with a quarrelsome woman. Proverbs 27, verse 15. A quarrelsome wife is as annoying as a constant dripping on a rainy day. (laughs) It's like this all day long. This never stops. This is so annoying. It says, this is what a wife like who's quarrelsome. Proverbs 12, verse 4. It says, a worthy wife is a crown for her husband. Watch this. But a disgraceful woman is like cancer in his bones. This is hard for you to digest. It's because I need to learn my influences. Or y'all talk to me. I'm not a... Bible. Why do we keep experiencing ills in our relationship? It's due to our influences. If we could get the word of God, doctrine, 39 in the old, 27 in the new, if we can get the word of God to become our influence, we'll stop being deceived by devils. We'll stop staying in seasons longer than we have to, and your marriage can get off of life support. Your marriage is so unhealthy because God is not in it. 
It's not in it. Put them first. Watch what happens. Start seeking his counsel. Watch what happens. And I wanted to set the record straight. You're not a builder bear. You're not. But kingdom men do need help. Was this good for everybody? Yeah.